0: From 1 Corinthians, it's chapter 12, verses 12 to 20, and that can be found on page uh, 1153 if you've got a Bible in front of you. That's 1 Corinthians 12, um, verses 12 to uh, 20. It suggests on the board that it's actually a little longer, would you just the 12 to 20 is where we're going, okay. Go with me on that just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with christ for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body whether jews or gentiles slave or free and we were all given the one spirit to drink And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be a reason for that reason to stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, and that can be found on 974 in your Bibles. That's Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Helen. Let's pray together. Lord God, I praise you, praise you for your word. Thank you for the ways it speaks to us in different seasons of life. We thank you for your words this morning, and we pray that you would dwell deeply within it, that you would speak to us through it, that we would know your power and your presence with us. Would you dwell amongst us, Lord Jesus? Would you help us to know that you are here? In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. I've already said welcome, but welcome again. Uh, If you've joined us since we got started, my name is Adam. I'm the vicar here at St. Jude's. And a particular welcome uh, if you're joining us online and if you're new with us in the building, you have joined us on Vision Sunday, um, which happens uh, once a year, or at least will happen uh, once a year going forward. And the point of Vision Sunday is to help us to remember why we're here why we exist as a church uh, what the point of st jude's south sea is why uh, why it's here and st jude's is actually really clear about their vision uh, we have a vision card uh, looks a little bit like uh, this, and normally at this service what I do is I put a blank version of this up on the screens, and I ask the congregation to tell somebody near to them what all of the different parts are, and everyone looks terrified, uh, particularly those on the PCC uh, who really ought to know uh, as, as they try and remember what the, what the vision is. But we do have a clear vision, it is good, making Jesus the heart of South Sea through growing faith, offering hope, and sharing God's love. Uh, And this has been our vision for just over a year. On Thursday this week, I will have been your vicar for two years exactly. Uh, And so we have had this vision for for just over a year. We launched it last September. And crucially, this isn't my vision as your vicar. This is our vision at St. Jude's. Uh, for those of you who were here, you'll know that we spent a number of months praying together as a congregation, asking God what he was saying to us, discerning together what the vision, what he was calling us as a church to do. And we believe this is God's vision for us, to make him the heart of of South Sea. And over the last year, there have been lots of examples and ways in which we have been able to begin to do that beyond simply, frankly, establishing, re-establishing our usual pattern of worship on a Sunday, on a Thursday. We've seen people come to faith and be baptized, sometimes in coffee and water, sometimes in water just on its own on the church, sometimes in water and who knows what in the Solent. Uh, but we have seen people baptized and brought to faith, come to faith in Jesus here over the last year. We've seen some of our young people particularly grow In their faith. Uh, The monthly high tide worship services that we have, about 100 young people gather uh, from churches around Portsmouth once a month to worship, to to be together, to grow in their faith together. Uh, And we've got a new men's ministry, a very popular curry uh, once a month. If you've not been and you're a man, I highly recommend it to you. Uh, uh, That's uh, grown from strength to strength. We've got uh, a new discipleship group that started just this term as well. We've had more people join our small group structure, including our uh, women's group Connect on a Thursday. Uh, And of course, our monthly lunches and our twice-monthly gatherings uh, on a Monday for those who are older in our congregation continue to be a a big hit, providing a space uh, for people to meet and a place of welcome. We've also, this year, I hope you've noticed, been really keen to uh, grow in our outreach to the community. Uh, And so just over a year ago, we began our weekly Tiddlers community. If you've not been here on a Wednesday when Tiddlers happens, Tiddlers happens for uh, those under five and their parents and their carers. This place is transformed and is a little bit mad. uh, And uh, and we have over 60 young children and their parents and carers coming into this space every week now. We've had some amazing events. We had a cream tea a few weeks ago. 350 people uh, from our community coming through the doors, being served, hospitality being shared, God's love uh, with we've got more events coming up uh, more in a couple of weeks time and we've also just launched our hope cafe twice a month having the building open for people to come for prayer for healing and for homeless and we've been able to do all of this and we've done so much and far more than I could have even imagined to say there we've been able to do that because this church together has come together through its prayers through its hard work and through the generous financial gifts that it gives. And so if you have prayed even just once, if you have given even just 50p, if you have given time to an event for just 10 minutes, then thank you. But most of the congregation here are generous, generous with their gifts of finances, generous with their gifts of time, generous with their gift of time to pray as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for all that we have been able to do over this last year. And as we go forward into the next year together, we need to keep remembering our vision to make Jesus the heart of South Sea. I think this next year is going to be more about growing and developing and investing in what we're doing. We've got a new youth minister starting this Thursday as well. We've got a new children's uh, minister who started a few weeks ago. We're bolstering the already excellent work that we do in our children and our youth ministry. The men's team, as I've said, are going from strength to strength with new things. And Celia, amongst and others, launched a women's alternative to that on a first Thursday this week. I think there were 13. Uh, at that. Talk to her, talk to the office if you'd like to know more details of that. Over the next year, we're planning to look at the way our small groups work and how they can best serve us as a church so that everyone that comes to this building is able to feel welcome and fully part of the community. Now, I hope you expect that I spent some time praying about what the Lord wanted me to say uh, this week, uh, and I did. Uh, and I sensed He give me gave me these two passages. So let's just have a little think about those for a moment. Firstly, this wonderful passage that Helen read us from 1 Corinthians. Uh, When Jess, uh, my wife, uh, was at university, she used to babysit for some uh, friends' children, uh, some friends of ours' children, Uh, and uh, when the oldest child was four, he built out of Lego a church building. And Jess said, Wow, Josh, that's an amazing church. Well done. And Josh, at four, turned to her and said, Actually, the church is the people, not the building. <laughs> he was quite right. <laughs> quite right at four years old. He'd got that. I nearly got you at this point to turn to the person next to you and say, You are part of the body of Christ and God needs to you. Uh, that seems to be a, something that preachers do at the moment, is getting them to turn to somebody next to you. I'm really sorry uh, if that's something you enjoy, but it makes my skin crawl. So I'm not actually going to ask you uh, to do that. If you appreciate it, you can pretend you've just uh, done it. But instead, hear me say those words. You are part of the body of Christ and God needs you. You are part of the body of Christ and God needs you. If you're part of the congregation here, if you're thinking about being or even in a different church somewhere else, he needs you to play your part in his vision for the church. Uh, At the beginning of term, one of our church wardens, Jane, uh, led our staff team in a team day looking at Myers-Briggs. Many of you will have come across Myers-Briggs before. It's one of the many tools that leadership places use uh, to discern personality types. And there are four different areas, and they're in two pairs. And so, for example, you are either an introvert or an extrovert, or somewhere on the scale between those two things. Uh, And you're either a very extroverted person or an introverted person. Does that make sense? And you end up with four letters. And during the course of the day, uh, Jane shared with us that almost all vicars, there was a survey done, and almost all vicars are INFJ, introverted, and then I'll not bother with the others, but INFJ. Uh, I, as your vicar, am an ESFP. That means that with the exception of one, I am the complete opposite of almost all vicars in the Church of England which is quite nice, uh, but also quite depressing. Uh, And I went home, truthfully, from here, a little depressed. And I said, Lord, why have you called me to be a vicar? I'm clearly an ESFP, and clearly you need INFJs to be vicars in your church. I wish I was an INFJ so that I could be a better vicar. And God, in his graciousness, said, Adam, you may be an ESFP, but you're doing the job I told you to do, so get on with it. A little later in the passage that Helen read to us from 1 Corinthians, it says, the foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The leg cannot say to the arm, I don't need you. Or the foot cannot say, I wish I was an arm. We are all part of his body. We are all part of the body of Christ and we are all needed, regardless of which part of the body we are. And if we don't do the things that God has called us to do, the rest of the body will suffer sadly my uh, mum isn't with us uh, today she really desperately wanted uh, to be here she's watching online hello mum um, uh, she's not with us for two reasons one is because of the confusion about train strikes and uh, she hopes to be here but the trains we were going to stop her but the main reason she had to get the train is because she's done some pretty serious damage to her foot uh, and, and actually at the moment moving around for her is quite difficult because her foot is in a lot of pain Now, most of you here will have at some point, I'm sure, injured a foot or a hand or an arm or something of yourself. You will know what it is when a part of the body is in pain and is suffering, and you will know that the rest of the body feels that pain and struggles as a consequence. It is just the same with the body of Christ. We all need to be functioning well. We need to know our place within the body and doing those things that God has called us to do. There are parts of the body in the church that are struggling at the moment, and that brings me to this second passage that we have before us, Uh, the passage is from Matthew. I might just read it to you once again. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness. As I've said, our church has a number of needs at the moment. And I've already said I'm so grateful to all of you who give financially, who give your time either to pray or to serve or hopefully uh, to both. And yet there are needs still. There are financial needs. We have our own heating and electricity bills to pay as a church. We have a staff team, a smaller staff team than we had this time last year, paid-wise. But we still have a staff team we need to ensure we pay fairly. Our nursery, a big part of our ministry, a really important part of our ministry, has for a number of years blessed us financially uh, as a church. They have their own difficulties this year and are likely to be able to do as much as they have before. And of course, we recognize that every single thing that we receive as a church comes from you, pretty much, and you will have your own difficulties in this season ahead. Coupled with that, there seems to be, or it feels like sometimes, an unending list of jobs that need to be done. An unending list of things that need doing. And there are people who are doing so many things, feeling tired and overwhelmed. And that's just this place. God has called us to make him the heart of Southsea, to look well beyond the boundaries of this building. And as we look at the needs of our city at the ministry that the lord has gifted us with it could easy be easy for us to feel overwhelmed jesus looked out and saw so many people in need of compassion and of healing the disciples were with him i just wonder whether they looked out and went oh, my word there's so much to do and yet jesus says to do one thing in response pray pray to the lord of the harvest to send out workers Into his harvest field. And so today, that's actually all I'm asking of you. If you're part of our church family here, I'd love for you to take one of these uh, leaflets with you. They will hand them out to you uh, on the door. You're welcome to take one even if you're not part of the church family, but they're mainly for the church family here. It says giving on it, and it does say an awful lot about money in it, uh, but it's also actually how we give of our time as well, whether that's to pray or to serve. As I say, ideally both. And in two weeks' time here on Sunday, we will hold a commitment day, a commitment Sunday where we will together commit ourselves once again to the vision of St. Jude's. We'll also have a gift day on that day if for those who would like to give. Uh, the day before that, the Saturday before that, Saturday the 19th, I'd love for you to do, to join as a church together, as God, as Jesus commands in this passage, and to pray. Saturday the 19th, two weeks yesterday. And I'd like you to commit as much time as you possibly can on that day to pray. The building will be open from half 10 until half 2. There'll be prayer stations that you can engage with uh, if that would help you to pray. And you can choose to pray for the whole of the 24 hours if you're uh, able to. That would be amazing. You can choose to pray for an hour on that day. You can even, if needed, pray for three minutes while you're sat on the loo if that's all the time that you have. However you do it, I don't really mind. I'm asking on that Saturday the 19th that you commit to pray, to pray to God that he would send out workers into his harvest field. But also to pray and ask him, how is he asking you to respond to that call? As we do that, I also think the Lord is calling us to fast together as a church. Now, fasting is an ancient Christian uh, doctrine. It's a uh, discipline. It's, uh, it's, it's actively encouraged in the Old and the New Testament. Before kings and armies went into battle in the Old Testament, the army would fast to uh, bring themselves before the Lord as a sign of their penitence and of humility. And, of course, Jesus himself fasted for 40 days before he began his ministry, earthly ministry. Fasting is a powerful discipline that will greatly enhance our prayer life and our sense of intimacy with the Lord. And apart from the fact that the Bible tells us to do it, uh, it's good for us to do because our hunger will remind us of the hunger that we have for God. Our abstinence from food will demonstrate our seriousness and devotion to God. And the depriving ourselves of the instant gratification of eating for a short time can humble us before God. We live in a world where abstinence isn't all that cool or fun or trendy in a world which is immediate and now I could order a sandwich on my phone now and it would probably arrive before I've even finished speaking certainly before the end of the service that still slightly boggles me but to fast means stepping outside of that instant gratification and bringing ourselves into God's presence now, for most people, it's perfectly safe to go without some food for a period of time. Uh, but if you've never fasted before, do it safely. There is some guidance. looks a bit like this. It's by the front door. You're welcome to take it. It will be sent out in the weekly email this week as well. I spoke with David, our other church warden, uh, this week about, uh, about this morning. And he had a sense that in doing this prayer and this fasting together... We were taking the deep breath before the plunge, to quote the Lord of the Rings, for those of you who know it, the deep breath before the plunge. Just before our service, we were praying together, uh, and uh, we listened to God and what he was saying. And again, one of the people that prayed, without knowing David had said that, sensed the Lord say again, it's this deep breath before the plunge. That's the idea of this Saturday together, that we will pray together, we will fast together, that the Lord of the harvest would send out workers into his field. The reality is, the needs and the serving, uh, the needs that we have for giving, are big. But the needs in our community are bigger. And we are again being sent by God into this dark winter, into a recession that is happening in our country, to love, to help, and to save You'll remember, I've said before that probably the most important words that are said at the ordination service outside of scripture are these, you cannot bear the weight of this calling in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. It's written, that painting is by Jess, it's by my front door to remind me. It's not just for those of us who wear a dog collar, it is for all of us as his church. We cannot do this in our own strength, but only by the grace and power of God, our prayers, our fasting, our coming before Jesus is a reminder, before we respond, that all that we do, all that we have, comes from Him and is done in His power. I Wonder if you would stand with me as the and return. Leave that on the uh, screen for a moment. Lord, we thank you for the calling that you've placed on us. We thank you for the calling you've placed on this church to make you the heart of Southsea. We praise you for all of the good things that we have seen you do amongst us over the last year and well beyond. We thank you for your faithfulness in this place through generations generations. We thank you that you have been faithful. We thank you that you are being faithful. And we praise you that we can trust in the promise of your faithfulness into our future. Lord, would you inspire us as we take the plunge into this next year, whatever it may hold, to take that deep breath To know ourselves, being filled afresh with your Holy Spirit. To draw near to you. To know you. Lord, would we not be overwhelmed as it would be so easy to be? we know that we bear the weight of this calling, not in our strength, but by your grace and your power. And Lord, would you excite us? Would you excite us for the opportunity that there is, for the opportunity for you to continue to do remarkable things amongst us? Would you inspire us? And would you speak to us as you call? Just as we um, stand in the quiet, one or two people actually do just feel overwhelmed at the moment just by everything that's going on around them. If that's you look at those words again on the screen we cannot bear the weight of this calling in our own strength but only by the grace and power of God God longs for you to know his grace and his power today it may be that after the service you want to go and be prayed for members of our prayer ministry team will be in the chancel area over to my left your right Lord, would you meet with each of us right now? Would you remind us of your love for us? Would you remind us of your faithfulness and your goodness? Come, Lord Jesus, minister to us as we sing.